Welcome to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today's show is all about ears, nose, and throat. So this is the time of year for the sniffles and the snuffles and all of those different complaints. We would love to talk with you today if you have questions. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464. As always, you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. And we'll be back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell. Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. And joining me in the studio today, I have two other awesome nurse practitioners from UMMC. I've got April Hunt and Kristen Buckley, and they are with the Ear, Nose, and Throat Department, and that's what I'm going to call it because the other word is big and I stumble over it. (laughs) (laughs) Otolaryngology. How did I do? That's because I had two cups of coffee this morning. And they are here with me to answer any of your questions about things related to your ears, your nose, or your throat. And I know that I have a couple of questions uh, going forward with that. And I have gotten a couple of questions in through Facebook this morning as well. But if you guys have a question for these ladies, uh, they would love to hear from you. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And my email is fit at mpbonline.org. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Happy almost turkey day. Thank you. You too. Yeah. You going to eat some turkey? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Turkey and all the stuff that goes along with Mm -hmm. it, right? Gobble wobble. That's what I call it. Gobble wobble. (laughs) Gobble wobble. But before we get to the turkey, we've got to talk about some things with ear, nose, and throat. And I know that you guys stay busy. We do. Uh, Hopping over there. We were talking before... um, before we came on the air, and there's 10 uh, nurse practitioners in y'all's department, Yeah, right? eight nurse practitioners and two physician assistants. Fantastic. And then uh, about another 10 or 11 docs as well. Uh-huh, yeah. So it's a, a pretty big department, and I know that the reason it's big is because there's a big need for this particular service line. I'm sure that y'all see anything and everything. We do. Um, and I think a lot of people think that ears, nose, and throat is just, you know, sore throats, right. know, runny noses, that kind of stuff, but ear infections, but... Um, most all of our physicians specialize in something. Um, we see general ENT, um, pediatrics, facial plastics, throat issues. We have an ear specialist, sinus specialist. Um, you name it, we we have it. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. We see a good bit. Yeah, I know you do. And and my youngest child, of course, spent a, a lot of time with the ENT because mm-hmm. he had some sinus issues where his little sweet sinuses wouldn't drain. They were just stopped up and full of gunk. Uh, and we had to have some things removed and holes made and all that yeah. kind of good stuff. And 
he's doing so much better. And one thing that before he went through that that I didn't really think about was the relationship between kind of the upper airway or the the nasal passages and stuff and the lower airway because uh-huh. he was a wheezer like yes. he just wheezed you know anytime he got a cold or a sinus infection which he pretty much kept you know as soon as he got off of antibiotics he got sick again it would then turn into just this massive amount of wheezing where we had to do you know steroids That's and breathing right. treatments and all this kind of stuff and you know, even you know, being a, a pediatric nurse, it, I didn't make the connection necessarily between kind of the negative pressure suction that was going mm-hmm. on when your sinuses are all stopped up and then that causing mm-hmm. bronchospasm mm-hmm. or wheezing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes things look like one thing, but they're actually caused by something else entirely. And we, we have seen, um, we see quite a few patients who have pretty terrible asthma or other chronic lung issues and who come to us you know to in, for help with their sinuses mm-hmm. so they can try to kind of get a handle on their so on their pulmonary issues yeah. uh-huh so that's i mean that's something to think about if you're out there kind of struggling with asthma which of course our weather right now is not good for folks with asthma no, <laughs> no not at all. it's hot one day cold yes. the next mm-hmm. day you know it's just it's terrible as far as environmental triggers for that so if, you know if you're struggling with asthma and trying to get it under control you know, an ENT consult is not a terrible idea to not make sure all. that you don't have something else going on from the, the upper airway mm-hmm. part of the, the system that could be driving some of this. Um, so if you need help finding an ENT, you're welcome to send me an email. And I, I happen to know some pretty, pretty <laughs> awesome folks who can help you out with that or that can point you um, to someone in your area if you're yeah. not yes. if you're not close, uh, close to us down here. But uh, one thing I want to talk about, because it, it is the season of nosebleeds. It, you know, it just, it really, it, it is. The air is getting drier. Um, not necessarily air outside, but the air inside mm-hmm. because we crank up yep. the heat. Uh, and so, you know, in my, my past life being a school nurse, this time of the year is just almost every single day there was a kid in with a nosebleed. And my son had his uh, first little of the season nosebleed the other night. And the younger son thought that the older one was, was dying. And so he was running around like a chicken telling me that, <laughs> that, that you know, flapping around that, that Caleb was dying because he was just bleeding everywhere. But, you know, what what are the causes of a nosebleed? Um, there can be several different causes. Um, sometimes it's caused from kid in kids, especially like them sticking something in their mm-hmm. nose, picking their nose, doing things they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it can be caused from like prominent vessels in the nose that are on the septum, um, which can be related to actually having like staph in the nose. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, if you maybe a repeated nose bleeder, yes, then that might be something to mm-hmm. to think about. Do I kind of have a you know a colonization of staph in my nose? And mm-hmm. we can check that with swab right just stick it up in there we rarely do you really do really we don't a lot of times for you know nosebleeds depending on the severity we will do some bactroban ointment okay so So that bactroban ointment would be the the coverage Uh for the the staff and i guess it really doesn't matter if you test it or not Mm because pretty harmless treatment there but can it would be coverage and it's good moisturization Mm, it is because that's the other Mm -hmm. thing that we think about right with nosebleeds is regardless of the cause the first thing we got to do is get it to stop bleeding yes (laughs) and then the next thing is prevent it from bleeding again if we can so what's the best thing to do in in the moment when the nose is bleeding um the best thing to do is to actually spray afrin in the nose 
Um, that will help stop it bleeding and then hold pressure on the soft part of the nose um, for at least five minutes without letting up mm-hmm. and also making sure you lean your head forward and not back. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people do the opposite. They yeah. lean their head back because they're thinking, oh, I don't want the blood to, to run yes. out. Yeah. But you got to think the blood's going to go somewhere yes. and that usually goes down the throat. Yeah. And our GI tract doesn't love blood. No, you no, know, it's, not at all. And it tends to make us then... Makes us feel bad. And mm-hmm. sometimes it makes us puke. Yeah. yeah. And then now you've got, you know, bloody throw up that does not look yeah. good either that really uh looks like something bad is going on so make sure you tip that head forward and you mentioned pe- pinching on the softer yes. part of the mm-hmm. nose so i've seen folks kind of pinch on the oh, bone uh, part yeah. uh-huh. that and doesn't that's, work. yeah like what are you squishing yeah. you know because you got to think when you're pinching it's it's like holding pressure think if you cut your you, know, you cut your leg or something the instinct is to cover it up and put pressure on it mm-hmm. that's what you're trying to do with your nose is put pressure on those things and you mentioned holding it for five minutes and not letting go that's a great tip because you're trying to get the little like a little scab a little clot to form there and if you keep letting go of it it's like picking at a scab Mm -hmm. and it'll just that's come back come back and bleed all right so nosebleeds that's the stopping it when it's happening Mm -hmm. all right and you mentioned kids kind of doing stuff sticking their fingers up their nose and all that kind of good stuff that's Mm -hmm. that's one thing um but some folks just kind of have spontaneous nosebleeds this time of the year. Yep. And, you know, I usually see it, we mentioned earlier, with the drier, uh-huh. drier room mm-hmm. temps. So what's some tips to keep that from happening? So um, moisturizing is the number one. That's going to be the first thing that we're going to recommend. Um, if we see you in clinic, we will likely go ahead and give you some Bactroban or Mupiracin ointment. Um, after that, we will recommend you can do Vaseline, you can do saline spray. I prefer personally saline gel. Mm-hmm. You can do any of those three things for to moisturize. Um, you know, when we crank our heat on this time of the year, that just dries us out even more. Um, some folks that are on blood thinners have mm-hmm. a harder time, you know, stopping nosebleeds right. and they get, they can have nosebleeds more frequently, but moisturizing, um, is, is the very first thing that we recommend. Yeah. Do y'all ever recommend like a humidifier or anything sure. like that in mm-hmm. the room? It won't hurt. Yeah. Okay. Cool mist or warm mist? Whatever one. Whatever yeah. one. Either. I usually tell, it really depends on how old your kids mm-hmm. are. You know, if you've got little ones that tend to pull things down and all that kind of stuff, I tend to stay away from the warm, the warm. mist humidifiers because I don't want them to pull that down on themselves and then get a burn. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then we've got a whole different set of issues going on. Yeah. So a cool mist humidifier is usually, if we've got little ones, um, the, the type that I recommend, you know, even when they've got a cold or, you know, sinus issues, just trying to keep everything moist in there. Um, and then mention Vaseline or all right, saline gel. Saline mm-hmm. gel. Can yes. you get it over the counter? You can get it yeah. over the counter. It's okay. right next to all of like the saline, mm-hmm. like the saline rinse that mm-hmm. you can get, the little noses and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's um, just a little tube of gel. I love yeah. the little noses stuff too, mm-hmm. though, because it's like yeah. a really fine mist mm-hmm. instead of shooting with water, yeah. drowning, <laughs> shooting yeah. a stream of water up your nose that feels like your head's going to fly off. Yes. So I always buy the pediatric little little noses for myself as well because it's so much more gentle. But I did not know about the gel. And then you mentioned Vaseline or Bactrobian ointment. But you would want to put that on like carefully, right? Put it on yes. carefully. Like shove a wad yeah. of Vaseline up I your nose. I would say like put a little dab on your pinky finger and mm-hmm. right on the inside of your nose, kind of the middle part, or right on your septum. That is the most likely place for bleeds to happen. 
Um, I try to steer people away from using like a Q-tip because okay. yeah. they can just irritate their nose further. Right. And maybe shove some stuff yeah. a little farther <laughs> in there. It's mm-hmm. kind of like sweet Q-tips. I think they, they oh, oh, Q-tips. oh, Q-tips. I know y'all probably see a, a large amount of Q-tip damage to the eardrum as well. Um, I usually see that in clinic. My favorite is I put the Q-tip in and then I forgot it was there. How? And I, I know. How do you forget the Q-tip is in your ear? I don't know. I've never forgotten it. And then they turn and smack their head against the wall and yep. it shoves yes. it down in there, you know. And then, you know, it's a whole different whole different ball game. We now are trying to get this thing out. And I usually just say, you know what, I'm going to send you guys to some <laughs> yeah. friends over in ENT. Let them get that out and make sure you haven't done any permanent damage down in there. But, uh, yeah, so Q-tips really, they're great for applying uh, medicine to maybe a cut on the arm, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, uh, you know, taking off makeup, Uh eye makeup Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. But they don't, if you have a small hole on your body, (laughs) don't put the the Q-tip in said hole because it almost never works out in your favor, you know. And I know it it feels so good to clean your ears with them. But it just helps to pack that wax further into your ear. And even if you tell us that you don't use Q-tips... We can tell. That oh, you yeah. Do yeah. Use oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even have to do, do ENT to <laughs> yeah. know that. I'll look in there and I'll be like, you use Q-tips? Yes. No, ma'am. Oh, yes, yeah. you do. Friend. Or something. You're sticking yes. something in there. A bobby pin. A bobby pin. A car key. Yeah. Bobby yes. pins are, are uh, big ones that I see put down in there. And, you know, I mean, don't put anything in your ear. But if you're going to put something in there, don't pick something that could break off you know yeah. i see folks put stuff in there all the time like like paper like mm-hmm. they roll paper up and then it gets mm-hmm. like pieces of it fall off and then that gets in there and then more wax sticks on it and it just turns into this terrible ball of goo. speaking of paper that reminds me i'm um, going back to the nosebleeds you know we used to roll, roll up a piece of toilet paper or paper towel and stick it in the nose yeah. please don't yeah. it'll just irritate the nose yeah. even further so well and if it if you get that little scab formation that you're looking for, as soon as you pull it out, yes. it's going to pull yep. that scab right. right back off of there. Yep. And, uh, you know, you're going to have a, it's just going to bleed again. Uh, you mentioned Afrin. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in general, I'm not a huge fan of Afrin. No, just because we're not people tend to, <laughs> tend to overuse it. Yep. Yes. Um, but we keep a bottle of Afrin mm-hmm. at our mm-hmm. house for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Yep. And tell me why Afrin works for that. It just helps to make the blood vessels that are bleeding constrict, and yeah. so it stops the bleeding. Yeah, it stops the bleeding. It's also great if you've had a kid maybe who's had their tonsils out. Uh, always, When my youngest did that, I, I bought a bottle of Afrin just for that because if it starts to bleed, of course, you want to take them back mm-hmm. to the hospital if it starts to bleed. But in that, while we're in the car, I'm going to squirt some Afrin back there to try and control that bleeding a little bit while we're on the way because that can be a scary thing mm-hmm. as well yeah. if you start, if you start to bleed after mm-hmm. having, uh, having the tonsils out. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, why Afrin works for our nose and what's going on in there and why uh, some other things we can do for that. Uh, we're talking ENT today. It's ears, nose, and throat. If you've got a question, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring and my email is fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back in just a few.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, and joining me in the studio today are April Hunt and Kristen Buckley. They are nurse practitioners at UMMC in the uh, Department of Otolaryngology. Look at me, two times in a (laughs) row with that big word. That is ear, nose, and throat for those uh, who may not be familiar with that terminology. And we've been talking about nosebleeds and stuffy noses and all of those things this morning. If you've got a question or a comment, we would love to hear from you. You can uh, either send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org, or you can uh, call us right now at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 uh, and, you know, we've been talking about those nosebleeds, and so if you have any questions about those, we'd love to hear those. I do want to talk about nasal congestion uh, in just a minute, but we do have a caller, Craig in Biloxi, with a question about sore throats. Good morning, Craig. Uh, good good morning. Uh, I was wondering if you restrict uh, <clears throat> dairy, dairy products when someone has a sore throat. Okay. Uh, all right, I'm going to turn it to my ladies right here. What do you think, ladies? No, as a general rule, no, unless you have some sort of intolerance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think probably there's there's kind of a school of thought that dairy can kind of increase mucus production mm-hmm. yep. and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that you guys see? Not really. No, mm-hmm. no n- not unless, you know, maybe if it's a pediatric patient who has had some other like allergy type work like food allergy workup and maybe mm-hmm. there's a known uh, intolerance right um, but otherwise just, just for the you know regular yeah. sore throat yeah. and no it wouldn't be something that we would recommend with with all of our patients yeah. all right Craig I hope that helped a little bit okay and I was also wondering if uh, you know I carry a salt shaker when I get a sore throat and it it seems to just about cure it mm-hmm Yep. I know my uh, my mom, the minute you have a sore throat, she's like, have you gargled with some salt water? That, that's yeah. what she tells me. So is that um, just an old wives' tale, or does that work? We recommend it for yeah. sore throats. We recommend salt water for lots of things. Yeah. Sore throats, sinuses, allergies, lots of things. Mm-hmm. Yep. So mama is right, and uh, that'll make her happy today. Yesterday yes. was her birthday, and so that can be her birthday present. You were right, mama. We're supposed to gargle with that salt water. What else, Craig? Anything we can help you with? Uh, no, that's all. All right. Thank you. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, so what is the right way to do a salt water gargle? Is there a certain ratio? Not really. Just dump some salt in some warm-ish water. Warm-ish water. Warm-ish. Not, hot. Not too hot. Make sure that you test it out. I wouldn't put it in the microwave. No, just You know, just some, some kind of tepid almost Mm -hmm. water from the faucet will work and some salt in there and really salt kind of just helps draw out some of the the swelling Mm -hmm. that's going on Mm -hmm. which the swelling is a lot of the reason why you have the discomfort because it's pressing Mm -hmm. on other things so salt water can be great for that you mentioned y'all like salt water for other things i bet i know one of the things it's for which would be kind of a saline nasal rinse or a sinus rinse so um, we talked about afrin earlier from a stopping the bleeding situation but that's not really what Afrin's marketed for. It's usually marketed for nasal congestion mm-hmm. or nasal stuffiness. Mm-hmm. And Kristen, you mentioned that it kind of 
shrinks the the tissue in your nose and that's really what's going on with nasal congestion mm-hmm. right but that's not what people think it is right most people think it's snot correct yes. and so, you know nasal congestion it could be from snot yeah. it could be from polyps in the nose but a lot of times when those things are absent it's because you've got these um this tissue in your nose that it's supposed to be there and it's it can swell um, and so when the turbinates swell, it gives you that feeling of, of congestion. And they can certainly swell to the point of, you know, occluding or nearly right. occluding your nasal cavity. Um, and that's what the afrin is really great at. But afrin, unfortunately, if you use it more than, you know, we recommend no more than about five days mm-hmm. in a row. Um, if you use it more than that or begin to use it, every single day it can become addicting and what it does is it causes you to be congested so it causes rebound congestion and then you need it more and it doesn't work just a big old cycle of of issues yeah Yeah. you know think about like if you get a a bee sting or something it swells up and it gets red and one of the reasons that happens is all the blood vessels in that area open up and dilate when you get you know an irritation in your nose whether it be an allergy or a virus or you know a bacterial sinus infection the irritation in there all those little blood vessels open up to deliver more things to that area and that's why it gets all swollen in there and most folks just blow the heck out of their nose trying to dislodge this wad of snot Mm -hmm. that might be in there and there may be some snot but it's kind of where you you feel like you can't ever get it all out and it may be just because it's not it's not it's Mm -hmm. just swollen tissue so if you take a little light and shine up your nose if you see these little pink or red Mm -hmm. shiny balls in there Mm -hmm. that's that tissue that you were talking about and it's there for a reason it warms the air that we breathe in also filters out some things so it's got a purpose but when it swells shut that's just about one of the most miserable things when you cannot breathe from your nose it's one of those things you take for granted until you can't do it and then then you're just miserable and then when one of when it finally opens back up that Uh, is like the greatest feeling you're like oh i can breathe again you know and for some people it, it may be both sides it may alternate sides um, which is the turbinate cycle. It's, you know, a lot of people, they'll say, well, when I roll over on this side at night, then mm-hmm. this side, you know, stops up. Mm-hmm. It's just because of the blood flow yeah. swelling the turbinates. Yeah. And it's it's almost like I, can, I think I'm getting better. Like today this side was swollen uh-huh. and I couldn't breathe. And then when the next side does it and the other side opens back up, I'm like, oh, I'm clearly getting better. Like <laughs> eventually it's going to be both of them uh-huh. that are open and I yeah. can breathe, you know. If you guys have a question about ear, nose, and throat, our number is one mpb range. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We do have a caller on the line, Bill from New Albany, with about an earache. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How are you this morning? We're just fine. How are you in New Albany? All right. Uh, I'm from the old school, I guess you want to call it. Anytime we had an earache, the first thing we got was two drops of oxygen in the ears. Does that really work, or just we just think it did? <laughs> Two drops of hydrogen peroxide. All right, ladies, what you think? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to depend on where the earache is coming from. Mm-hmm. If you have an ear infection that's behind your eardrum and there is nothing wrong with your ear canal, then that hydrogen peroxide is not likely going to do much for you. Yeah. Now, if you have something maybe not... Maybe not so much like a swimmer's ear in the ear canal, but if you were just to have maybe some wax in the ear, because some people will will come in complaining of ear pain, and they'll have some crusting, some wax in the ear, and that's what's bothering them. That peroxide could certainly help to dissolve Mm -hmm. that. So that that may there may certainly be something to it, 
But as far as for a, a middle ear infection, mm-hmm. then unfortunately the peroxide is not going to help. Yeah, yeah, because it just it can't get it, back it's there not going where, anywhere. where the issue is, and we don't want it to. No, you know, no. You've no. got you know that, that would hurt. <laughs> yes, that would hurt. That's the other. You know, I get those questions a lot. You know, uh, you know, family and friends on Facebook. I'm sure you guys do. They'll you know mm-hmm. they'll inbox you something and be like, "Can I put this in my ear?" You know. And I always say, unless somebody has looked in your ear very recently, and we know that your eardrum is okay, I'm not going to tell you to put anything in there without it, without you going and getting it looked at. Because if if that eardrum has a hole in it or a perforation in it, anything that you put from the outside in there can now get into the to the middle part of your ear, which is what makes you be able to hear. That's where the bones of the ear are, mm-hmm. and you don't want to put something that's an irritating substance in there and do damage uh, to the inside of that ear. So I usually tell folks, don't don't put anything in there. Just go on into the doctor mm-hmm. and let them look yep. in there. Make sure everything looks okay and, and pull it out. Um, now, you know, if you've got water in your ear from, you know, swimming and that kind of stuff, you know, we'll see some folks kind of um, put those little swimmer ear drops yeah. in there um, to kind of help with that. Um, but by and large, we don't, I don't tell people to put anything in there unless we get it checked out mm-hmm. and looked at. Yep. All right, Bill, what else? Wow, we didn't know what it was. We just saw it having a real hard time hearing you but i think you said that it works and it probably did you probably had a little wax or something in your ear that was causing some irritation just like april said and probably kind of dissolved that out a little bit and helped with that and then there's always the power of mama told me it would work and so i'm gonna do it and i feel better (laughs) you know (laughs) i have treated more than one stomach ache with a big glass of water you know i'm like just drink this water right here you'll be fine you know and they drink it down and they do feel fine um may just be a distraction thing where you don't necessarily think about it as much mm-hmm. anymore um but we thank you for your call this morning bill and i hope you're uh warm and dry up in new albany because we are a little chilly and a little damp down here in jackson and have a happy thanksgiving thank you much you're welcome all right guys if you want to give us a call now is the time our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four we're talking ear nose and throat today and we'll be back after the break This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. 
here in the studio with me today are Kristen Buckley and April Hunt. They are nurse practitioners at UMMC in the Department of Otolaryngology. That is ear, nose, and throat, and that's what we're talking about, are your ears, your nose, and your throat today. And we've had some great calls about earaches and uh, saltwater goggles and lot goggles, not goggles. <laughs> Don't put salt water in your goggles. That will hurt. Salt water gargles. And if you have a question or a comment, you can uh, send that to me via email at fit at mpbonline.org. Or you can give us a call right now and we can answer that question. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. All right, ladies, we did have a question come in um, via Facebook, uh, and it says, Hey, I have a feeling of fullness in my right ear, and my jawbone stays tender on that side. Also, sometimes I have a terrible pain right behind the ear. Is that a common complaint? I've had several docs look in my ear, but they see nothing. What you think, ladies? You're shaking your head, so I know that that means you know what this is, which is great. Tell me what it is. Yes, so we see this complaint very often in clinic, and um, it's typically related to TMJ. Okay. So people come in, their main complaint with that is usually ear pain, and it can be pretty severe, and then you look in there, their ear is completely normal, and they don't like to hear that. Yeah. um, Because the TMJ issue is not a quick fix, Um, and we typically treat it with conservative management. Um, You can do NSAIDs. We usually do those around the clock for about two weeks, along with a soft diet, not chewing gum, not eating ice, um, massaging the area, and then a warm compress on the area just where that TMJ joint is that's causing the pain. So the ear pain is actually referred pain. Gotcha. And so the TMJ joint, that's kind of right in front front of of your ear ear, where Mm -hmm. your two jaw bones kind of connect. Mm -hmm. So if you were to put your fingers in front of your ear and open and close your jaw that little joint that you feel mm-hmm. moving is the tmj joint mm-hmm. and so you mentioned NSAID, so that would be things like ibuprofen um aleve uh, mm-hmm. those types of medicines to try and calm down the inflammation i'm mm-hmm. assuming there yes. uh, and then kind of jaw rest really yes. when you say a soft diet mm-hmm. that's things you don't have to work as hard to mm-hmm. to chew up and right. swallow um, i know april we were talking before the show we were talking about teeth grinding and jaw clenching and that kind of stuff and that can really contribute to tmj as well yes i clench my teeth at night and so and i have tmj um, like I was telling you before, I'd never had the ear pain associated with it until once. And I thought, ah, this is what all of these patients are, mm-hmm. are telling me about or, or complaining about. And it is it is a stabbing ear pick to the ear type mm-hmm. of pain. Um, but like Kristen said, it's it's referred pain from the ear. And mm-hmm. it's a really hard thing to treat and hard thing to tell patients because it's not, not what they want to hear. Right. Not what they mm-hmm. want to hear from the right. ENT. Right. They no. want their ear fixed. Right. Yeah. But at least it's, there's a reason Right. Because, you know, from a primary care standpoint, when you have folks who come in complaining of ear pain and you look in there and it looks fine, you feel very helpless. Mm-hmm. You know, you're mm-hmm. just telling them what it I don't see anything in there, you yes. know. And if you've been told that multiple times, you probably just start to think, well, maybe I'm just making it up like right. or you know what's going on why does my ear hurt so at least there'd be an answer yes. that you yes. could then try to do some things for um you know you can go to the dentist as well yeah. they may be able to fit That's you our, yeah our uh-huh. kind of our final recommendation once you've tried these conservative measures then we'll tell you to follow up with your dentist and they might can do some i know there are some kind of 
guards that they can uh-huh. put in yeah. uh, to kind of help with the teeth grinding mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And then from, you know, a stress standpoint, we may want to look at it, you know, which would then be kind of me coming in with the lifestyle mm-hmm. piece as, Absolutely. you know, what yeah. what what are we stressing about that's leading to some of this teeth clenching and nighttime grinding and that kind of thing. Can that, I get an that appointment with you? you not, not this year, girl. I'm booked, but you can come next year. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, we all manifest that stress in different ways, and some folks just, they hold on. They're, they're great during the day because, yeah. you know, punching people is not good for business. Right. And, you know, so you got to kind of be nice during the day, but at night all that tension uh, uh, manifests itself in that teeth grinding. All right, so we're going to go to the phone lines. We've got a couple of callers. We're going to go to Stephanie and Hernando. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. How are you today? I'm great. I have a question. Sure. I have a real bad smell in my sinuses. Okay. And uh, at night, I have a lot of post-nasal drip. So I'm wondering, what can I do about that? Okay. All right, girls. I would see your primary care yeah. or yeah. see an ENT. <laughs> yeah, just okay. to make sure that there's not an infection, right? Yeah. Usually yeah. when you have a, an abnormal smell, mm-hmm. it's it can be, I mean, it can be a fungal infection mm-hmm. in there. That's the one that kind of immediately came to mind w- um, for me. And those are a little little a little bit more difficult to treat or uh-huh. just require a different way to do things. Um, okay. And then, uh, you know, just to make sure there's not something that needs to be medicated in there. If it's not, then, you know, they may tell you to rinse your sinuses mm-hmm. and those yeah. kinds of things with the with the sinal, sinus um, rinses to kind of keep everything cleared out in there. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Thank, Thank you. You're Bye-bye. welcome. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's one we see a lot, um, or I see a lot with the little kids, is the parents will bring them in and be like, their throat stinks. Like, yes. their breath yeah. stinks, you know. Yes. And it's either a throat-type infection or maybe mm-hmm. even a tonsil stone, something like that in there. Or sometimes it's they stuck something up their nose, yes. and it's um, kind of started to... Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. the word I was going for. Yeah, it's kind of started to decompose in there, especially if they've got drainage coming from just one, one side. side mm-hmm. You know, they're like their nose just won't stop running. It's green. It's just coming from this one side, and it's usually because they've they've put something away for later and, yeah. <laughs> and forgot it's there, or they know it's there, but they're not telling you because yeah. they know they're going to get in trouble for sticking something up their nose. Uh-huh. All right, we're going to go back to New Albany, but this time we're going to talk to Gary. Good morning, Gary. Gary. Hello. Hello. How are you this morning? I'm doing all right today. All right. What can we help you with? I beg your pardon. What can we help you with today? Okay, right there. You know what? I uh, found some candles. You know the candle thing? Ear candles, yes. (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I know them. I know them. Wax removal. Yes. Is that that legit? All right, April, what do you think about, <laughs> about the ear candles? I mean, I have seen the Facebook videos. Uh-huh. I've never tried it. Uh-huh. I, you know, I clean ears for a living, uh-huh. so I would say come see us. Yeah. Let us yeah. clean your ears yeah. out. Yeah. Don't do the candle. I, yeah. I would recommend against the candle. Yeah. You yeah. know, it kind of goes back to that principle of if it's smaller than your elbow, don't stick it in your ear. Yeah. You know, and so uh, I, I don't want folks sticking things down in their ears because there's the potential that part of that gets stuck in there yes. and you can't get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kristen, did you have you 
anything else on on those you, any, you don't like them either right no i don't like them and if anything use just over the counter wax removal drops right. until you can come in to like see right. an ent to right. get your ears right. actually cleaned yeah yeah i tried it once and uh you know i say luckily my hair didn't uh, catch up fire yes that like, that is good that you, you, you did not get up so nervous yeah, the the flame kind of bothers yeah. me. Yeah, too. yeah. I just I don't I don't know about that. You know, and I I've seen the Facebook videos as well, and I actually read a little article about the the paper that's on the cone actually has a a like a wax lining on the yes. ends of it, and so how much of oh. what is pulled out is actually earwax mm. and not just melted wax off the inside of that paper. I may have to do a little experiment. Yeah. 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 Make sure you Facebook Live that so we can oh, all yeah. watch it when you do that little experiment. I'll try it once, but I won't try that again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're glad to hear that. So you don't set right. yourself on fire. All right. Have a happy right. Thanksgiving. Have a nice day, you as well. Day. Thank you. I'm I'm glad he called because that was on my list of things to talk about were the ear candles because I see uh, I get questions about them a lot and you know again it just goes back to that don't don't stick stuff yeah down in your ears you know Um, so we've kind of tiptoed around um, the sinus rinses we've Mm -hmm. we've mentioned them a couple of times um, but there's a a kind of a right way to do a sinus rinse and a wrong way you know and the wrong way is just with regular tap water and table salt like that's gonna burn and it's you know depending on where you live and the quality of your water um you know you don't want to be shooting water that we think might have particles of things or pathogens in that up into your nose so um i usually recommend either boiled water that you've then cooled um, or just you know bottled water to to Mm -hmm. use in those different types of things Mm -hmm. Um, and you're shaking your head so I assume that means that y'all recommend the same thing or like a jug of sterile or distilled water yeah yeah any of that kind of stuff will work Mm -hmm. well in there Um, I like the one that is a bottle yes Mm -hmm. yes it's a it's called a neil med is the the, the brand Mm -hmm. um, uh, bottle and the reason I like it's because you don't have to kind of turn your head quite as many different directions as you have to do with maybe a neti pot that's right you yeah. know that first time i ever did a sinus rinse i used a neti pot uh-huh. and i kind of felt like i dream a genie it's like yeah. this <laughs> little tiny pot and you're sticking it up your nose and you're turning and it, 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 it's a learning curve on how you turn your head or you just swallow that stuff back down and it's gross um but the bottle you just kind of lean forward and stick it up there and squirt and it Man, it will clean and with the some bottle, stuff out. You can mm-hmm. get a little more pressure because yeah. it's yeah. it's like a, it's an eight ounce squeeze bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, we just fill up the the bottle with your water, yeah. put in your salt, and mm-hmm. you can buy like the box of the salt packets uh-huh. um, just over the counter at the yeah. pharmacy, and put a salt packet in there, and then rinse about half on each side. Uh-huh. We recommend it for our sinus patients, um, anyone who's mm-hmm. had sinus surgery to rinse their sinuses out. Um, allergy patients, you know, particular times of the year just to kind of rinse out mucus and allergens mm-hmm. and dust and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My um, When I was pregnant, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of medicines you can do in pregnancy that are, are safe other than antihistamines. And that's not, 
usually not fixing the problem yeah. it's just making your snot thicker and yes. harder yeah. to get out yes. and so that's what they told me to do was a sinus rinse and it really does is very helpful for that my youngest you mentioned he had terrible sinuses when he was little we had to do it twice a day uh-huh. and we actually had to add Bacterban yep. ointment yeah. to I had to like cook it I had uh-huh. to like make, put water in a pot on a stove and add Bacterban ointment and stir it up I felt, felt like the witches from Hamlet or whatever in there stirring up this pot of stuff and let it cool and then we had to do that and bless him I mean he was little he was about about just a little over a year actually and so we had to just wrap him up like a little mummy and hold him over the sink and it got to the point where i mean he knew it was coming like when we got the towel out to wrap him up he would start crying because he knew it was coming but he would feel so Uh much better you know because i mean just more snot than you think a little tiny head could hold is what comes out of of that and so i mean really you know probably kept us out of the hospital Uh a lot from really significant sinus infections but it it was it was a a tough thing to do as a mom and when we were moving he actually saw the little box that the bottle came in and he was like (laughs) no leave it (laughs) and he's seven you know he was like no 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 um that's my other tip though is you know if you have one of those bottles and you and you were using it while you were sick just just throw replace it. Yeah. Just, one. just throw that away yeah. and uh you know, replace it in between and don't share. You don't know, share. like Please it's don't. not a family bottle. No. Like everybody needs their very own bottle. Nobody needs to share uh on the little little, little snot bottle. And you, you know? can't do it too much. Yeah. You know, you can I get that question as much a lot. as you can. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I've had some folks that say, well, it makes my nose bleed. Um, again, I would go back to what what's the underlying cause uh, uh-huh, yeah. of the nosebleed? You know, is it just because maybe you're not moisturizing afterwards and keeping those passages mm-hmm. nice and, and moist um, after you do that? Um, going back to nosebleeds real quick, this reminds me um, kind of putting the bottle in your nose. If anyone out there, if anyone uses Flonase mm-hmm. or any yeah. sort of nasal spray daily, um, that it's that is irritating. The nasal steroid is irritating. Yeah. So if you have a nosebleed and you're using those sorts of medications, don't you know? Don't fret. Just mm-hmm. moisturize. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a reason to stop so, using those. No, it, no. you know mm-hmm. you may want to stop for a week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, it's it's can be a certainly be a normal cause. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to go to pick a unit and talk with Buddy. Good morning, Buddy. Good morning. Oh, you have a great voice. Yeah. How are yeah. you? I'm quite fine. How are you, ladies? We are delightful. Tell us what we can do for you today. Uh, Around 1990, I had sinus surgery because I was having extreme pain in my sinuses above my eyes. Uh, All the records got lost from the Hancock Hospital in my doctor's office during Katrina. Katrina. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm starting to experience some of those symptoms again. Uh, The pain on, say, going up on an elevator or waking up with it just completely blocked out and I can't get it to open up. Mm-hmm. Do I need to... I've seen these ads for this balloon sinoplasty. Is that really a thing? It is a thing, um, kind of depending on what sinus is involved and, you know, kind of to what extent. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but it is a thing. I would certainly recommend um, seeing your, your ENT mm-hmm. And kind of having those sinuses reevaluated. Well, they'd probably do a CT of the sinuses they would again. Do a CT yeah. of the sinus. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep to and see what's going on. Because you've had sinus surgery before, they may even put a flexible scope uh, in your nose and kind of take a look around. But but yeah. Yep. Okay. Sounds like it's time. And with the sinus, the sinus rinses that you mm-hmm. were talking about, after my surgery, uh, I was using alcohol. 
Mm-hmm. I still have that, and I still use it periodically. Is uh-huh. it okay to do that? Sure. Alcohol, mm-hmm. we have um, we have used that over the last couple of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not so much as like a rinse, um, but more you can buy... Um, you can buy uh, buy it over the counter. It's kind of a helps to. It's kind of a slicky substance, mm-hmm. and it helps to moisturize. Yeah, so yeah. I had not. I mm-hmm. did not know what that was. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. about to Google it, <laughs> and then you started shaking your head like, "No, I know what that is, girl. I got you." <laughs> All right, buddy. What else? Anything? Uh, that's pretty much it. I thank you very much, and you ladies have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You You're as well, you. buddy. Have a good one. All right, we're going to take our last break of the hour. Now is the time if you have a question to give us a call. That number is one eight seven seven mpb ring We'll be back after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio talking about ear, nose, and throat today, and we're almost out of time, but we do have the time for one more call, I think, and we're going to go to Floatwood and talk with Amanda, and I think I believe she has a question about ear pain. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. All right. What can we help you with today? Um, I've noticed in my left ear, there's like two or three hard spots and um, they're very painful and they, they're causing me ear pain right now. I've been to an audiologist to see if I had an issue and I had no issues with that and they said my ears look good but that was over a year ago. Um, but I was just wondering are they like hardened wax or what could that be? It's really difficult to say without actually seeing you what that would be. Um, So I would recommend just getting in Mm -hmm. with an ENT and let someone take a look um, because it may be something that needs to be treated, not sure, without seeing you. Yeah, and I I assume you're talking about kind of some spots down actually in the canal of the ear, correct? Yes. Like if you stick your finger down in there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, again, just like Kristen said, we, we'd have to look and see what they are. You know, it could be an irritated spot mm-hmm. that's kind of got, you know, some scar tissue that's formed over the top of it. Um, could be some wax. Could be some wax. Right. Could be some crusting from scabbing. Right. Any yeah. of those types of things. Um, so we'd really have to take a peep in there and see. You could definitely start with um, your primary care provider, um, let them look down in there. Because if it's something simple, I mean, if it's some wax in there, something like that, they should be able to wash that out for you and get it out. If it's an actual lump of something, um, they'll probably send you to ENT Mm -hmm. to have it evaluated um, to see exactly what those little lumps are. Um, So I hope that helps. Uh, Sorry we weren't able to give you... Yeah, sorry we weren't able to give you like absolutely that's what that is, but we did give you an absolutely know what to do, which is go get that checked out (laughs) and get some relief for that. All right. Thank you so much for giving us a call today, Amanda. You have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Y'all do the same. You're welcome. All right, guys. So any kind of parting comments for folks this this Thanksgiving season on, on ear, nose, and throat? You know, I was on Facebook, and I, we were sharing these with you guys earlier. There are these, uh, the, there's something called an ICD-10 code, which is the way we code medical uh-huh. records with diagnoses. Yeah. So instead of just writing you down sinus infection, we have to make things be complicated and put a bunch of numbers and everything behind it. And there are there were four going around that uh, medical providers needed to know for this coming uh, Thanksgiving. I checked them out to see if they were real. Um, the first one was struck by turkey initial encounter, and I was like, surely not. There's not a medical code for struck um, by turkey, but there is a code for struck by turkey. So my hope for you is that no one is struck by turkey this holiday season. We did get one um, last uh, text uh, question in. How often do you find insects in the ear? Oh, boy. Oh, oh um, gosh. Yes. It, I've found it lots, pretty, and I'm not frequently. even an ENT specialist. I, yes, pretty frequently. <laughs> yeah. um, for me personally, I feel like it kind of comes in waves. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> comes in threes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really yeah. does. Um, dead, alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the alive ones are. Um, yes. Yeah, that that's it's bad for everybody. It's bad for the the patient because mm-hmm. they feel something, and and the sound of it in there. I can't imagine. It, it's bad for the provider too. You know, if you have if you have something in your ear. An insect, a foreign object, whatever. I would recommend going to an ENT yes. just because we're going to have the tools, right. you mm-hmm. know, the right. microscope. We're going to have the things to get it out safely. Right. Um, that your primary care, yeah, no, it's not going to have. Yeah. No, y'all yeah. have excellent, fancy, you mm-hmm. know, little forceps and things that can really mm-hmm. get down in there um, and get those things out. Um, you know, from a primary care standpoint, I've seen lots of insects in the ear. Um, lots of, you know, I mean, really things you, I mean, I've seen roaches in the yes, ear. Yeah. You know. I had one recently. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of things. And usually, Usually you just look in there and it's like you see the leg. Like yes, that's what yeah. you see. You're like, oh, this is this is not going to be good. But the bad part about just seeing the leg is that's not what you want to grab a hold of no, because no. the leg is going to uh-uh. break off it's, and then it's going to come out in pieces. It's just yep. terrible. It's just terrible. So you really do want to go to the ENT and get that looked at so that they can use their special tools, use that microscope, really mm-hmm. get down in there. If the insect is alive, there are some things they can flush in there to kind of kind of make the insect yeah. not, not be, be alive. alive. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, what a great way to end uh, end that show, talking about those bugs in the ear. But we have had a great time talking about all things ear, nose, and throat. If you didn't get a chance to give us a call today, you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Thank you, April, and thank you, Kristen. You're so welcome. It's Call always so good when y'all are on the show um, talking about awesome things with the ear, nose, and throat. I want to thank everybody for listening and giving us a call today. Thank my producer, Jay White, as well. I hope everybody has a happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving. You've been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio.